People have told stories of the strange and supernatural for centuries. Tales of the restless dead return to haunt the living. Whispers of damned souls doing the devil's bidding on earth. Rumors of inhuman things that still hunt the old forests, untouched by the glare of modern life. There may be more to these stories than you could ever imagine. Join us tonight as we delve into the deeper truth inside these mysteries. Welcome to another episode of Realm of Supernatural. I'm Finchie McFinch and I'm joined today by... Solway. Solway! And we're into 2021. Who can believe it? That year went so quick. Yeah. Uh, well, in some ways, yeah. Um, I'm just glad it's over. Uh, hopefully this year's going to be better. It can't be any worse, surely. Yeah. Of well, course we'll it can. We'll see. Um, depends what you read. You know what I mean? There's a lot of things in the pipeline, so we shall see, aren't we? But, um, yeah. Depends what you read and who you listen to. Well, if you listen to everybody, it's still startling, isn't it? You know what I mean? Well, yeah. Um, so what are we doing today, then? Well, well, first of all, I want to thank everybody. Well, I wish everybody a uh, happy new year, like you've already said. But uh, I want to thank everybody for being here still. Obviously, it's been a difficult month or so. So, you know. We're catching up, but we're getting there, aren't we? So it is what it is. Yeah. But thank you very much for being here. Right, today then. Okay. So today we've got Richard D. Lewis, right? He's an author, journalist, and veteran of the U.S. Air Force, right? A graduate of the Defense Information School. Writing. is a writer, sorry. A broadcaster. Public affairs programmer. Right, Richard joined the Air Force in 1987 and spent 10 years as a broadcaster journalist stationed in Turkey, Utah and Colorado. After his time serving in the Air Force, Richard worked on an in-TV production in Salt Lake City, Utah, Los Angeles and California. Right, creator of award-winning Pentagon Channel TV news magazine Air Force Space Today, he won multiple telly and Thomas Jefferson awards um now you might ask why is he coming on the show today now he's coming on the show today because like i said he's an author and he's actually wrote a book called the paranormal the paranormal christian and what he's really trying to do is tie in um paranormal beliefs with the bible and obviously uh, you know a lot of people who have read the bible there's a lot of things going on in there which supernatural in nature aren't they yeah it's the easiest way to say it and so he's sort of looking at it from a modern day perspective where we look at all these things as supernatural paranormal uh, and trying to say well hang on a minute maybe you know maybe they're not that strange because they are in the bible so that's fundamentally what it's about so obviously we'll you know when we get into the interview we'll get more details on it and uh, you know it should be quite interesting yeah because everybody's aware of a story from the Bible where they must, where they think, mm, you know, that's interesting. You know, maybe there's a bit more to that. Uh, one of my favorite ones is about, well, there's many references in the Bible to sort of, you could say UFOs. Um, and obviously I'll, I'll, I'll mention that when we get into the interview and see if uh, what, he, what he says about it all. But yeah, so I've got a story. Do you want me to list a story? Yeah, go for it. Okay. So, this comes from a listener, um, Rudy, uh, I'll just say that for now, okay, and um, 
this is the first time he's told this story. Okay, this actually happened to his family members. Um, and he's been kind enough to send us an interview that he did with the family members about this story. So if you can play it, we will at the back end of the show. Um, but I'll give you the run through of the story now, if you like. And then, like I say, if we can get that interview to play, then we will pull it towards the end of the show. A paranormal exclusive. Yeah. Um, okay. So this is a genuine true story told for the very first time. On August 6, 1980, my grandparents were travelling from Odessa, is that how we say it? Texas? Odessa, Odessa. Odessa, Odessa, yeah, I think that is. Odessa, Texas. These American names, you know, these terrible American names. Well, we know you're good with uh, pronunciations and accents. Well, accents, definitely. (laughs) Pronunciation, not so good. Uh, Texas to Mexico. Due to a family emergency, they took off around 11pm on the night of the 5th with their two kids in the car, which is my dad and my aunt. My grandpa, along with my grandma's uncle and brother, were riding in the front seat, and my grandma and the kids were in the back. Between 2.30 and 3am, south of Martha, Texas, when they saw a big fire on the ground against the mountains. My grandma asked if it could be illegals trying to stay warm. Her uncle said, no, I don't think so. It would catch the attention of law enforcement. Well, yeah, it would, wouldn't it? And eventually get them caught. My grandparents then say that the fire started forming and rising up the top of the mountain. My grandma screamed, look. That's when they all realised what it was. Fear started to spread throughout the car, as they described being tremendously fast spinning disc, uh, shaped as a frisbee, was laid on its face with another one on top of it. Red and yellow fire coloured smoke was raging out of the bottom and from the top. They could feel the force from the disc. It then started to follow them for a distance along the mountains. It would abruptly stop and then they stopped, it would accelerate and well, accelerate when they did. At one time, the disc crossed over into the street in front of them. My aunt says it looked like big enough to fit a car into. That's when they all got really scared and the kids started to cry along with my grandma as they began to pray out loud. They had heard about abductions happening at the time, so they were aware that it was a possibility. My grandpa, on the other hand, was the bravest man I know and wanted to catch their attention. He pulled off the side of the road, got out of the vehicle with a flashlight. Then he attempted to call out to the disc to get closer while pointing the flashlight towards them and saying, come on, come on. My grandma got out of the car, took the flashlight off him and told him to get his ass back into the car. The disc then crossed over them towards the mountains. My grandpa said it moved like a rabbit jumping over the weeds. They could see little windows and lights inside, but nobody or nothing controlling it. It made no sound and couldn't really see a colour due to it being dark. Once my grandparents got back on the road, the disc was still following them for a distance. It would go up and down and side to side. 
and flew to the side of the mountains. Finally, it went behind one of the mountains and never came back out the other side. Approaching the ghost town of Shafter, Schaefer, Texas, it was that is when the disc disappeared. My grandma, still in shock, asked my uncle, "Could it be witches?" But he replied, "You need a whole regiment of witches to make something like that." See, my grandma had to deal with the jealous witch back in Mexico. Uh, when her and my grandpa first got married, but I'll save that story for another time. Sounds interesting, then. Yeah. They said only one truck passed them throughout the whole incident, and it never stopped or slowed down. It just carried on. They weren't sure if the truck had seen it as well. Okay, and then he goes on to say that he, he'd sent us this interview that he did with his grandparents, um, right. so we could hear from them. Um... He said, my, grandparent, my grandpa worked at a plant for 33 years and finally he tells me that his co-workers would say he was lucky to have been able to have seen that. His co-workers would even try to go to the same spot around the same time to catch it, but never, no one ever did. My grandpa talks about an elderly man who worked at the plant during World War II. There was a base stationed in Marfa the soldiers on the ground would see lights and would think it was the Germans coming to attack them. The ones on the ground could see it, but the pilots in the planes would report seeing nothing. My grandparents have no reason to lie, and I've known about this story since I was a kid. This is the first telling of it to anyone outside our circle. It's a pleasure and a privilege to be the first, pers- uh, first to present this on your podcast. Um, and then hopefully we'll get the... Uh, which story as well, so thank you very much for this story. But again, you know, this happened in 1980. So it just shows you, you know, this is not a recent thing, is it? I mean, we, we kind of all well, know that. that, but people have been carrying this stuff around with them for a long time. You know, I always tell that story of the old boy who had run into the, the dog man um, and was carrying that round. I mean, who do you tell that you run into a werewolf? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just not done. So there's people carrying these stories around. And remember, if you've got a story for the show and you want to share it with us or you want to come on the show, uh, contact us at supernaturalpod at gmail.com. That's just supernaturalpod at gmail.com or go to the website or come on Facebook uh, and join us there. Also, going forward, we're open to put some of the... Um, do some of the shows on YouTube so that people can ask questions as we're going along if we're covering a story and someone's got a question they want to ask uh, then just comment and you know hopefully we'll be able to comment and we'll be able to answer it um, you know if we've got the information to hand or whatever or if you've just got a different perspective on it you know compared to what we've got so hopefully going forward on YouTube so go across to our YouTube should be easy enough to find shouldn't it uh, Realmless Supernatural yeah. on, on YouTube I would have thought that would have been easy enough to find so go across there uh, subscribe and again, what we'll do is we'll have to schedule the shows so that you know when we're going to do it live. Um, and then, like I say, if you want to come on and comment, you know, interact with a story, then be our guest. Uh, it'll make it more interesting, I think, certain stories. Oh, yeah. So that's coming. So, yeah, if you can do that, it would be very much appreciated. Uh, obviously, if you can join a Patreon, that is appreciated as well. 
Uh, we've had a few people join Patreon, haven't we? We have David. Good old David, yeah. He's joined us. We've had a we've had a few of us as well. Yeah, uh, Whitney joined. Whitney, yeah. Who else did we have? Let's have a quick look. Yep, David. Thank you very much, matey. Deborah, Ben, uh, Whitney. Fantastic. That's Thank you very much. Name, so, and Jay, I don't know if I said James either. So James as well. So yeah, if you can, uh, if you can afford it, then do so. Um, you know, five dollars a month, you get some extra shows and some other shit. Hopefully, we're going to start investigating this year. The trail cams are up, uh, so who knows? But you'll be the first to know if you do catch anything. Unless, unless they get stolen. <laughs> unless they get stolen, then you'll then no one will know. Uh, but yeah, if uh, if we catch out, you'll be the first to know. Not if, when. When. Just to, yeah, yeah, when. Um, you'll be the first to know, right? So. Hey, have, you, have, have, have we done any of the recent um, reviews? Uh, no, I don't think so, because we've been away for... Yeah, been away, while, yeah. Getting, getting drunk. Getting, yeah, well... Um, just just going back on the last one that I can see that's been updated. Um, two, actually. One glowing, one not. So, no, well, that's always the way, isn't it? Yes, I mean, obviously everyone's a bit down in the dumps when it comes to 2020, so we'll leave it at that. But um, Yeah, fuck 2020. Yeah, the first one comes from Blowfish and the Hooties. Oh, yeah, them. Good band. That's, that's, from, that's in the USA, and it's a one star. Oh, dear, Ooh. oh, dear. Oh, oh fuck, dear. Fuck. Good shit name, anyway. And the title is Very, and then underneath the description, <laughs> Very Boring. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. I think we did this one, didn't we? Is this the one that did the sign? No, that's no, no that's the one below. No, oh, right. Um, <laughs> but we've had a glowing one since, and it's lovely. That's all it says. <laughs> yeah, that's oh, it. Right. That's it. Well, that's well, fucking the... boring, anyway, isn't it? <laughs> the next one's from uh, Ames YT in the uh, in the Great Britain. Yeah, beautiful Britain. This is who we had on the show. Is that the other one yeah. that you've had on? Yeah. yeah. Thank um, you very much. About talking about uh, Lee and his Yorkshire uh, connection there. Hi, guys. I'm from York- Hornsey near Hull. Lee's not far from Hull either. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, and loved hearing about dogmen. There we go. Uh, but, yeah, no, it's uh, keep keep the reviews flowing in. Ainsley came on the show to tell us about that strange encounter in the woods. And, again, you know, a few people have messaged me about that. You know, like I say, if you want to share your story on the show, you're more than welcome. But again, a lot of these stories where people message us saying, uh, you know, about that story where something similar has happened to them, there's not a whole lot to it. It's just like they're in the woods, they get this weird feeling, you know, they hear a sound or, or you know, smell a smell or do you know what I mean? Just a weird thing happens, but that's it. It's all over. They leave the area and it's, you know what I mean? And I know a lot of people think this is some sort of, it's a warning, you know, to leave the area possibly. So, uh, as long as you do that, then you don't end up missing. Yeah. So. Uh, well, I also got a, a little notification come through on your phone. You know, you sometimes you get like news stories pop up and like what's going on around the world. Mm. Um, and I got, I got one about uh, bones and uh, bones. Co- coffins be uh, sticking out of this like mud island. In Kent, 
I thought, oh, I'll have a look at this. Something a bit interesting. Is this, is this Corona? Is this the is this the Kent strain? This, <laughs> yeah, this could, <laughs> this could be the new strain. Um, but no, they was talking about the, the this island, and for years it's been known as a, a desolate island type thing. And before it used to be like an old burial ground, and it's been covered over with this mud for years and years and years. Um, you're talking, I think it was two, yeah, 200 years ago uh, for convicts who died aboard prisoner ships. So they all got buried there. Now, due to coastal erosion, it's wiped it all, that top layer off. And now all we're seeing are the remains. Now, you can imagine if you take off, sit well, you know, take off six feet out of a, out of a churchyard, you're going to see some, you know, some things, aren't you? Um, well, this is a case of here. Everything's corroded down. You just left with a human. Hu- Roxy. You're left with a human remains. Dog. So, yeah. I mean, obviously, this sort of thing is going to be happening more often for, like, coastal areas. That, uh, you know, burial grounds in coastal areas. Things are going to st- soon start rotting away. And you're going to see this coming in. It's like buildings as well. They're going to s- soon start pouring down. And what are you going to find underneath them? What has been built there before? So I think we're going to see a lot more of this type of thing. Well, there's an old section of society that believe that there is an underground world that has been built on. Um, sort of in the same category as the flat earthers, I suppose. You know, you've got like this group of people that believes this, uh, but they actually believe there's many places you can go where you can actually see um, the remnants of buildings underneath buildings that are just built on top of because there was a civilization that's gone before. And I think they put it down to like a massive sort of, um, some sort of deluge or whatever, you know, where it's caused some tsunami or something and everything's been buried although we do see that in places in in the uk because you do have the actually you have the romans who did build underground didn't they purposely so you have that yeah. and they're kind of lower anyway then you have the the vaults don't you in edinburgh yeah but there is a city on top of that isn't there so we do see things like this so yeah who knows plenty of tunnel systems as well you know that was that's been built over the walls not, not only just like under the base pieces but as well throughout all the coasts has been tunnel systems that have been built as well yeah. that'd be interesting to see what's in them because ma- imagine a lot of them's flooded or you know either either that or they've caved in on themselves so that'd be interesting to see what comes out of them as well yeah definitely right i don't know if you heard about it but trump well I say trump it's it's u.s his administration. Yeah, his administration. They've, they've turned around and they've, they've said, look, you've got 180 days to share what you know. They've thrown a spanner in the works, haven't they, on, yeah. on the way yeah. out? Yeah, it's so like, deal, ul- like an angry. Yeah. yeah. Deal with that, you cunts. Deal with that. Yeah. Show us what you've got. Share share with us what you've got. We want to know. Everyone wants to know. Um. But, yeah, so it's, it's this new... Yeah, it's these new bills that are coming in, isn't it? All this COVID-19. I don't know if you've read the particulars of it, but the wording's interesting um, because I know in the media it sort of hyped it up on it about talking about UFOs and stuff, but um, 180 days ain't a long 
isn't long for you know whether whether they'll bother to do it I don't know I mean that's anybody's guess but I think they're just thrown it out there just to be awkward aren't they just as a parting shot like yeah but um yeah, so obviously in the media it's been flying around and all that. But if you actually read the details of the actual report, I think it's only a couple of pages long, That you know, this actual aspect of it. But it's entitled Advanced Aerial Threats. Okay. Right. Which is interesting anyway. But it talks about um, the efforts of the Unidentified Aerial Phenomenal Task Force. Okay. This is Naval Intelligence. And it says, Danny, it says... They want them to submit a report within 180 days of the date uh, of enactment of the Act uh, the Congressional Intelligence Armed Service Committee to, of, of Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon, also known as Anomalous Aerial Vehicles, okay? including observers of, observers of airborne objects that have not been identified. All right. Um, Which is interesting. I think this places it somewhere in June, isn't it? They've got till June to, uh, if they're going to do it. I mean, they don't have to do it. They can just say, fuck off, can't they? You've, you're gone, so we're not doing it. Yeah. Um, but if they do do it, you know, they've got till June, I think. But it, it says that in one of the recommendations, it actually says uh, that the, the, the production of the document should be submitted in unclassified form. Okay, but may include a classified appendix, but it wants it mostly to be unclassified. So this is for everybody to be able to read. Yeah. Uh, so basically declassification of what you already know. But um, some of the little details in here, look, a detailed analysis of the data of the FBI, which is derived from investigations and intrusions of an unidentified aerial phenomenon data over restricted United States airspace. A detailed description of the uh, interagency process for ensuring timely data collection. Um, And it goes in about federal and stuff. So it's like, you know, it wants data from all the different ages and it wants them working together is what it's basically trying to outline. Um, But again, you know, it talks about, I mean, this is interesting wording. Identification of potential aerospace and other threats posed by an unidentified aerial phenomenon uh, to national security, an assessment of whether this unidentified aerial phenomenon activity may be attributed to one more foreign adversary. So, again, they're trying. You know, is basically it's saying, is this a foreign? You know, is this a foreign adversary? Is this you know China or whatever? But but we kind of know it's not. Um, so it's wanting that to come out in the report. That you know, basically, wants in the report to eventually when it's wrote up to say, look, you know, this ain't humans. Yeah. Um, as things move on, though, um, technology-wise, you're going to see more of this, and you're not going to be able to distinguish. You know, and I know it sounds it's a bit extreme when I say this, but you're not going to be able to distinguish what's alien anymore from what we've got. You know, I really do think technology's moved on that far. You know, we're always sort of, what, what would you say, five years, ten years behind the military? Possibly. Yeah. yeah. You know, so if we're seeing shit up there now, and again, remember, a lot of these aircraft, what we're seeing whizzing around in that, and again, you know, I put a video up on the Hangout dinner uh, a few months ago that these, you know, to all intents and purposes, just balls of light that move across the, the uh, sky at night. 
Um, but the speed that thing moves, you know, I think that's, you know, it's moving that fast that it looks like it's bending in the sky. It actually looks like it's curving, but I don't think it was curving. I think that's just how fast it was moving, the refraction of the light, you know. But um, we see these things, and and the more technology moves on, and the more, you know, we drones, like, you know, these things don't have to have people in, because that's always a stumbling block, isn't it? You know, doing these accelerations, these sharp turns, you know, they always say, well, no human body could withstand that. Well, if you don't have to have a human body in there, then, you know... It's possible. Then yeah. it's possible, yeah. I, I, I mean, section... Um, Seven of this actually says identification of incidents and patterns that indicate potential adversary and achieve that may have achieved breakthrough aerospace capabilities that could put the United States strategic and controversial forces at risk. All right, so I think that's sort of alluding to what I'm saying there with the advent of these probes and stuff like that. We've got now drones, we call them, don't we? Drones. Uh, I have a thinking probes, and I've just got probes on the mind. I know, but um, <laughs> I think we're not going to be able to distinguish really between what's us, what's China, what's um, yeah. alien. And I think that is probably what this report's really about: is getting some sort of consensus on this before before it's too late, before you can't distinguish, because that could lead to serious problems. If you, at the minute, right. You imagine our military, uh, the United States, the Russian, whatever military it is, they probably sit there, right, and they know, and we know we've heard many, many stories about this where they've seen fleets of objects coming across the border, you know, coming across the horizon, and they've almost mistook them for interballistic missiles at times because they're moving so fast and stuff like that. But whoever was on the finger on the button to press, you know, the strike back, has said, hang on a minute, this don't look quite right, and they've waited, waited, and and they've you know they've seen that these are craft, they're not missiles, yeah. Many many stories from both sides, Russia and and America, but at the time it's because we didn't have the capability, right? The speed these things were doing, the maneuvers they was doing, they knew straight away that this wasn't the Americans, right? The Russians knew this was something else, right? What that something else is. It was open to speculation, but they knew just by looking at this, it wasn't the Americans. And the point is, what I'm trying to make is that um, now it's, it's becoming more and more difficult for the military, right, to know what's not theirs. Do you know what I'm saying? And I think yeah. this, I think there are, this thing is really to talk, is really to try and get at that. I think that's what it is. And not only that, but you know, the UN. It's basically it's a one world government now we're living under in it. The UN's taken over everything. So these all these different countries, um well with the ones that were within the UN obviously, will come together anyway and share this data, I think. I think there'll be a lot of that going on. Uh, obviously this is for the Biden administration to look at now and they're well in with the UN, so they're gonna um probably be at the forefront of a lot of this and probably leading the way, I would say. So I think that's probably the purpose of it. Um, is what I'm trying to say. Well, it's like uh, the Israel... more so than just proving there's aliens. You know what I mean? I don't. I don't yeah. think you know. A lot of people are coming from this from the angle. Um, I you know I don't want to jump in on you, but I just want to stress this point because a lot of people are coming from this of the angle. I listen to a lot of people talking about this coming from this of the angle of oh they're going to release information about UFOs. Going to tell us no 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 that's not what it's about no. 
What it's about is sharing information you know about this so that we don't get caught in a crossfire of something that we think's yours, that you think's ours. You know what I mean? That sort of thing. That's what it's all about for me. It's not about them going to go, you know, call a press conference and say, this is what we know. Yeah? Yeah. Go yeah, on. the, the uh, professor, Israeli pro- uh, professor, Haim mm. Ashad, he, he turned around and said, he said, we know about this already because he was in, you know, some of the space programs that were teamed up with uh, the uh, Americans. You know, Americans, yeah. yeah. And you know, he's he's had to stay silent for so long. He said, you know, enough's enough. He says, "Varia, with us already." You know, we're on Earth. There's some on Earth already. Um, but things have gone very quiet since he posted that. And that was only in mid-December, I think it was. Um, and now you don't hear of him at all. But now this bill's come in. Are we going to hear more of it? Are we going to hear more from other nations? You know, especially the ones that are sort of um, acknowledged, like the professors, you know, they do have value to what they say. You go to a doctor, you're going to listen to a doctor. You get a professor, you're going to listen to a professor. So it'd be interesting to see what comes of that, and especially within the next, you know, like you say, couple of months to see what starts being pushed upon the public eye. Yeah, for sure. Uh, there was a plane went missing the other day, wasn't there? Yes. Uh, there was a Boeing 737, I think it was. Um, so it took off. In fact, I think it was like 60, was it 62 minutes or 62 seconds. It was somewhat very, very, uh, you know, just after takeoff, shortly after takeoff. And then it's... Uh, ended up disappearing over the sea. Now, let me get the detail. Yeah, it was a Boeing 7. Ah, sorry, it was... um, Yeah, Boeing 737. uh, 62, it was 62 people that had died off it. Um, But it had taken off, and then it had gone, you know, they've got these boxes fitted now. You know what happens within the plane, how it's gone down. But it was in Indonesia, that was it, Indonesia. Um, it took them ages, absolutely ages to find, you know. it was That was it, it fell under 60 seconds, so it taken off, but it took taking them ages to find it. You know, it's gone down, say, oh, it's there, it's right there, and they go down and start, start going down, and then, then they finally found it after, you know, I mean, there's boats and everything galore all around it looking for it. Um, searching the wreckage after they found it, but it took them a, a fair long time uh, to find it. Well, obviously, different seas, different colours, don't they? It's hard to see it down to the depth. Was it? Was uh, it in the sea then? Yeah, it was. It was found in the. Uh, was, it, was it just? Well, how long was it flying for? A minute. Yeah, a minute. A minute. Uh, mm. No, sorry. No, sorry. It was. Um, it got up to ten thousand feet, so it got up there. So about four, three, four minutes. And then in sixty seconds it fell and it hit the uh it the sea. Okay, no. So it'd been in the air for less than five minutes. Mm. Less than five that's minutes. That's the most dangerous time in a plane, isn't it? It's like first, say, ten, yeah. first yeah. ten minutes, last ten minutes, yeah. Someone said they did see it, you know, someone said they would see it, it just fell like lightning. Said it was that quick, you know, the bolt of lightning hitting the floor. I mean, that's obviously quicker, but oh, yeah. it's just just that visualization oh, yeah. of yeah. how quick it's going Go down. Down like a dart, yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's something like, a, I was reading, you know, a glider or something. It's like, they go, what is it? Let's just square this number up. Something like, every foot 
drop they do, a glider, every foot drop, it goes 400 feet. Yeah. So for every foot it drops, it, it you know, it's gone 400 feet. But that's with, you know, without just, just fall into the ground. But like a jumbo jet, that that's the opposite. So for every foot forward, it's done 400 feet drop. You know what I mean? It's basically straight down. But what they were saying was, because a lot of it was fishermen helping them salvage your parts, a lot of it was that when a, when a plane goes in, obviously you can imagine how much disperses from a plane, not only just the external parts, but internally there's, you know, if you oh, think about... luggage that, also. Yeah, everything. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. everything. But they were saying... Trays. Yeah, they were saying that some of the vital things that you'd expect, like the seats, this is where the unconfirmed deaths or, you know, fatalities is... Well, I think that's within, obvious, don't within, within the scans of doing this, some part of a city, we're saying we can see to the bottom, we can see everything now, but we can't, can't scan out, you know, we can't... Well, I listened to a story on a plane once, uh, I think it was Miles that spoke about it, but... Someone had actually witnessed. There's somebody on board the plane who said something strange happened on the plane. They got like a, like a. This is over the Irish Sea. They got like a static charge throughout the plane, like a ball lightning type thing. Yeah. But a witness on the ground actually said they saw the plane plane almost turn like uh, spaghettified. You know, like all wobbly and that in the middle. Yeah. And it was like twisting and bending, like it was going through some sort of, I don't know, some sort of time dispersion or summer and. And, you know, as the plane went into it, it sort of got all wobbly and then it just came out the other side and went back to normal. But the people on the on the plane confirmed that something strange had happened on the plane and people on the ground at the same time. But this was shared in the um, the hangout this week. And it was a guy who spotted um, a UFO hovering over the Ayrshire snow-capped hills. I don't know if you saw this. Um, a mysterious UFO has been spotted hovering over the snow-capped hills of Ayrshire. The foreign... That's in Scotland, by the way. The foreign object, okay, was hanging over the skies of Glaston early this week. The man who captured the intriguing image wants to remain anonymous. Said that the UFO was bigger than a drone. Bigger than a drone. There's not much to go on that, though, is it? I mean, no. Bigger than a drone by an inch, by a mile... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bigger than a drone. It, well, yeah. Anyway, taken on, I think what he's trying to say is it wasn't a drone, okay? Yeah. Taken on Saturday afternoon, the man is now trying to find out what the unknown object is. And again, if you go to the hangout, you can see this uh, picture and it looks, I mean, it looks like a black triangle. Um, But fighter jets look like a black triangle, don't they? Oh, so, yeah. you know. And does it look any bigger than a fighter jet? Mm, not really. But anyway, let's go on. The man told the Kilmarnock Standard, I was taking a photo of the hills behind Glaston, which were snow-covered. I never realised I'd snapped whatever this is until the fo- uh, on the photo until I got home and had a better look at the photos that day. I noticed it. I never noticed it, sorry, at all until then. It was late afternoon, about 3.30ish, and I noticed that I put it on uh, a post on Facebook after 6. Never saw I had anything moving. As I said, never noticed anything in the photo until I got home. Fascinating. So that's intriguing, isn't it? That he never seen anything at the time, but 
you know as well as I do, when a jet goes past, you know, you won't necessarily air it, will you? Depending where it is. No. But um, I th- but saying that, I think if it was that close to it, because, I mean, it's relatively, you know, distance-wise, it's uh, closer than a drone. Um, he would have heard it if it was a jet, maybe. Yeah, maybe. I mean, the strangest thing, I mean, I nearly crashed uh, a few weeks ago because I was driving home and it was daytime and I was driving home and I saw this object. I was just going through these trees and that and I saw this object hovering behind these trees. Big, big object. Silver, right? Metallic and I'm thinking, fucking hell, you know what I mean? It's it's happening. I'm, I'm, I'm going. They're coming for yeah. me. And uh, I'm watching this thing and I'm waiting, you know what I mean? And... As I've gone through the trees and I'm I'm trying to keep my eye on it as I'm driving along the trees alongside the road there, and I'm keep I can keep my eye on it. The sun's reflecting off this thing, and I'm thinking, fucking hell, this is an ob- this is bigger than a drone. This is bigger than a drone, definitely. And I'm thinking, I'm watching it. I'm going along, and, I, and then we came to this clearing, and we've come out in this clearing, and do you know what it was? Helium balloons. <laughs> it's from someone's twenty seventh birthday. You know what I mean? It was they're both tied together still. It's yeah. Two and a seven or seventy two. Could be seventy two. I don't know. But I mean, in fucking hell, who's 27? That's healing balloons. Anyway, the point is, if that clearing hadn't been there, okay, and I'd carried on going, maybe overtook this object, I would never have known that that was two balloons. Yeah. You know? Because it was, I mean, they're fairly big, them balloons. What are they? About six foot high each? Probably four foot across. So you're looking at an object there that's six foot wide and probably eight foot long. So a substantial oh, yeah. thing to be moving through the sky, isn't it? So, um, yeah, so it can happen. But that was definitely... Imagine, it could have been UFO in disguise. Never know. You never know. Never know. Now, I mean, we've got, we've, we've got some uh, investigation... So lands into a field and kills a cow. Well, yeah, we've got some investigating of our own to do, haven't we? Of uh, going down and uh, having a look at a few uh, places nearby to us on the A15 and A46. Um, well, I just stopped at the going down bit. Well, um, but we'll, uh, we'll, yes, we'll get yes, back. We, we'll have, get back yes. we'll, we have, yeah. We'll, have, yes. we'll get back to you within probably the next couple of months. By the time we've collated all the info, um, We'll have a full report and a full episode. Well, we'll get the trail cams up and, you know, fingers crossed, don't you touch wood and all that and hope for the best. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, well, that being said then, so obviously the technical difficulties we had with uh, Richard means we couldn't get him on. We'll have to sort that out for next week. Yeah, so it's shorter than we was anticipating, but we've got some other things coming up next week anyway, so... yeah. Thank you for bearing with us, and we'll get that out as soon as possible. Um, get Richard back on next weekend, and you know, get that out as well, and hopefully get some out in the meantime. So that be a bit s- of normality back in it. It's a bit of normality. A bit of normality, yeah. Get back to the get back to the grind, as they say. Um, but yeah, that being said, uh, you know, have a great week, and we will see you on the other side. Bye for now. Well, they've gone. No, just for now. It wasn't the right time for us to meet. But there'll be other nights, other stars for us to watch. They'll be back. Mm-hmm.